Americans are capable of achieving extraordinary things when they have the freedom and opportunity to do so. This is American Potential, and here's your host, Jeff Crank. All right, thanks for joining us. You know, on the last episode of the podcast, we talked with Russ Durstein about Concerned Veterans for America, some of the work that they're doing on health care, and to try and create better access for our veterans to health care in the United States. And I'm bringing you a story now about that, that really brings this home. Like we have got to do better in America at taking care of our uh, servicemen and women. And this is, uh, this is a story that I think really highlights it. You know, when our servicemen and women come home from protecting our freedoms, one of the many things they shouldn't have to worry about is their health care. And in 2018, the Missions Act was passed. This allowed veterans who met certain criteria to be able to seek community care if they wanted to. Uh, in other words, they could have, as we talked about on the last episode, they could have the freedom to choose a doctor outside of the VA medical system. You know, choice, freedom, you know, all the very things that they fought for while they were in the military. Today, we're going to talk to a Navy veteran who wanted community care, but he ran into major government barriers. Nate Banks comes from a family of service members, and he signed up to serve in 1999. He was an aviation electronics technician on the USS Roosevelt. Uh, After serving, Nate never intended to use the VA for his health care needs, but due to the Affordable Care Act, he decided he would to avoid the penalty. In 2018, Nate went to an urgent care facility to seek treatment for abdominal pain, and they told him he needed to go to the hospital to get a CT scan. The CT scan discovered that he had something wrong with his digestive tract, but also they found a tumor on his kidney. And from 2018 till now, Nate has had to fight the VA for community care when it comes to his cancer treatment. Nate Banks, thanks for coming uh, onto the podcast to tell us your story. I appreciate you being here. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Okay. So first we were talking before this all, before we got going here, you were on the Teddy Roosevelt and I was telling you that I got to, I had the great fortune of landing uh, on the, the, the Teddy Roosevelt or the TR as it's called uh, aircraft carrier. I did. So you, you told, you said that before 2020, you held the record for being at sea, the longest in the United States Navy post-World War II. Yes. Yeah. So we, uh, I was a plank owner on the USS Ronald Reagan. What okay. that means is I was one of the first initial original yes. crew members prior to commissioning. Right. Okay. Um, so there was two, two processes, christening where the ship gets its name officially. Right. And then, uh, the commissioning where it becomes an official ship of the United States Navy. Um, th- we were in the shipyards, the ship was still being built. So they were looking for things for us to do. So they sent a group of us, uh, to the USS Theodore Roosevelt. They sent another group of my shipmates to the John C. Stennis mm-hmm. and they deployed before we did. Uh, we were in a pre deployment brief um, for that, that deployment on nine 11 one when, when the planes hit the towers mm-hmm. and the Pentagon went down in the field in Pennsylvania. Um, that's what created the conditions for that record breaking deployment. 
there were not very many um, unhostile ports for us to pull into. Sure. Uh, the security, you know, the aircraft carrier is the largest target out there. And they had to be extremely careful with uh, operational security, making sure that we didn't, you know, become a, that target. So, right. right. Uh, so because there were not really any safe place, safe harbors for us to pull into, um, they just, we did what they call steel beach picnics where we go up on the flight deck, have a barbecue, do open mic. So people would do, uh, you know, playing music or mm-hmm. comedy or whatever. And what did you do, Nate? Uh, I drank beer. okay and you were pretty good at that absolutely so so one of the (laughs) one of the traditions in the navy is if you're at sea for 30 days consecutively and you don't have a port scheduled within the next 15 Mm -hmm. skip rose everybody on board two beers gotcha and it was a really easy system to beat and get more than two beers (laughs) (laughs) okay so you were very skilled at beating that that's absolutely okay so how many days total was your were you deployed 159 consecutive without hitting port on uh, the 160th day, we pulled into Bahrain. There's a naval weapons station there. They let us loose on the um, the kingdom of Bahrain. And I think we were in port for three days there. Then we went to Marseille, France. Mm-hmm. And that was basically so they could paint the, the pier side of the ship whenever mm-hmm. we pulled in at home. Spent another three or four days there and then, then steamed back across the pond to Virginia. Gotcha. Well, listen, first of all, again, thanks for your service. Appreciate uh, that. You You bet. And um, this is an incredible story. And I'm sorry. First of all, I mean, I kind of almost have to apologize on behalf of the American people. You know, we shouldn't treat our veterans this way. And uh, the way that you were treated um, by by the VA, it just it, it shouldn't happen. And that's what this is all about. And I know you're you're working through Concerned Veterans for America to to bring about that better health care for, uh, for veterans. So, so thank you for that. Absolutely. So before 2018, you didn't, you didn't want to go to the VA for your health care. Why is that? I initially, I looked at it like a, a welfare benefit type, mm-hmm. type, uh, situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also thought, well, you know, I'm, I'm not that bad off. I can, I can just not go and somebody that needs it can use it. And then, uh, after the Affordable Care Act was passed, you know, AKA Obamacare, um, that put a mandate that you had to have insurance coverage or they were going to penalize you. Mm-hmm. Um, I enrolled in VA healthcare coverage to avoid the penalties. That was in, um, yeah, I think it was 2010 or 2012. Okay. But that was mainly just to avoid those penalties from the Affordable Care Act. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I, uh, I had there, there, it was a really shaky job market where I was living. Um, and I had, I'd been laid off due to one of the big economic downturns. And I, I had, uh, a part-time job where I was delivering beds and mattresses and things like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, I had this really awful, uh, stomach pain and abdominal pain. Didn't know what was going on. Finally, after about the third day, I couldn't even get up and go to work. So I went to the urgent care. The doctor there said, well, I think it's either, um, it's either diverticulitis or it's appendicitis. It just depends on what side of your body your appendix is on. And, you know, a small portion of the, of the population, the internal organs are swapped. And what's on the left normally is on the right and vice versa. Mm-hmm. She said, you have to go and get some uh, nuclear imaging done 
to verify what what it is that's going on. So you can go to any ER. So I went to the one that uh, was the best rated best rated hospital close to me. It was about a forty minute drive. Um, the the one that was like a ten minute drive had a really horrible rep- reputation. So I I opted for the longer drive. Um, they did a CT scan. They verified that it was diverticulitis. That's an infection in the large intestine. And they happened to find a mass on my left kidney in the process. Uh, they immediately scheduled me with a urologist who is a surgeon that, that does uh, surgery on the urinary tract from the kidneys all the way down. Um, they immediately tried getting an authorization from the VA. This was prior to the VA Mission Act passing. So this was, you were at a community hospital. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah, it was uh, Mercy Regional down in Durango, gotcha. Colorado. Okay. Um, the VA refused to, to allow my surgery to happen, you know, where my entire support system was, all of my friends and family. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted me to drive four hours to the VA hospital in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Because they wanted you to have it at a VA facility. Yes. And right. their, their reason was because we can do it here. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, well, they're going to use the Da Vinci robot, which is a surgical robot that helps the surgeon make more precise cuts, m- more precise movements, uh, less error, less, less damaged tissue and wasted um, tissue that's cut out. And they said, oh, well, we can do a robotic surgery here, too. Well, another thing, Mercy was going to fly in one of the surgeons that teaches that, that uh, surgery. It's a partial nephrectomy, meaning they, they remove part of the kidney. Mm-hmm. The guy that teaches other surgeons how to do that on the Da Vinci robot, they were flying him in for my surgery. So I don't know if you can get much better care than that. Right, right. And just the, the assurance of, oh, well, you need to come here because we can do it here. That, yeah. that wasn't good enough for me. Yeah, because it, did, they, it wasn't that they cared about you or the care you got. They wanted to preserve their system and right. preserve the VA system and keep veterans locked into that system for job security. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Job security, maintaining their current budgets yeah, or right. increasing their budgets. You sure. Know. You know how the, you've, you've been around this, uh, you've been around this industry longer than I have. You've seen how the sausage is made for many years more than I have. You know how this whole thing works. We've got to spend it. Or we're going to lose it. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So continue that, that, that happened to you. What, what happened? Where did you have the surgery? So eventually I had to get a, a congressman's office involved. I called uh, former Congressman C. Pierce's office, uh, talked to his military and veterans congressman liaison. Congressman from New Mexico. Right. right. He, was, he was the representative of the second district down mm-hmm. there at right. the time. Um, he was also an Air Force vet. His office went to the VA and, I mean, this was months later, you know, months of me calling and, and sc- having screaming matches with the VA trying to get them to approve it, uh, the hospital doing the same thing. Finally, Congressman Pierce's office, uh, his liaison went down, talked to the VA, and within a couple of days, I had my my authorization to have it done there in Durango. This was all before the Missions Act passed. Correct. Or the Mission Act passed. Correct. Yeah. So, uh, VA Choice was passed because of the the massive scandal that happened in 2014 at the Phoenix VA Hospital. Mm-hmm. Right. They were they were running multiple sets of books uh, to be deceptive so that their administrators could get bonuses. And, you know, the trade-off was the lives of 40 veterans. Yeah. Yeah, we, we talked about that a little bit with uh, with Russ Durstein 
uh, on this last episode and, and what, yeah. what a scandal. I mean, it's, it's incredible that the VA who is charged with protecting and serving veterans and providing for healthcare there would, would have even that mentality right. uh, that, you know, to kind of cover it up and, you know, have this secret list and things like that. It's, it, yeah. it's incredible. Um, so continue. That, that's sure. not the end of your story. No, absolutely not. Um, matter of fact, so I had the, the surgery and then the day after I got out of the surgery, I found out that I was hired by Concerned Veterans for America. I mm-hmm. uh, filled the, the vacant role in New Mexico and I, I served on that team there for about four years. Um, we, we had some great wins during that time we got the va mission act passed it's it's a long acronym that i can't remember exactly what it stands for (laughs) but essentially it was supposed to uh, combine seven different community care programs um including va choice uh va choice was anything but as my story you know uh from the community hospital where where i found out that i had a tumor on my kidney Uh, it was cancer by the way uh found out it was a renal cell carcinoma but that was out on VA choice. That's how that program operated. There was a checklist of, of six boxes that I, as the patient, had to check off in order to qualify for community care. With the, the Mission Act, it was supposed to clear a lot of that up because instead of having to check all five of those six boxes, I only have to check one of them. So now if, if it's more than a 30-minute drive or if it's greater than 21 days for primary care and a few others or 28 days for specialty care, automatically it's supposed to go to community care. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't do that though. The VA, the employees at the VA will, I've never had them recommend community care for me mm-hmm. for any service, mm-hmm. unless it was something they just didn't provide, uh, which is something that they're supposed to do. By the way, they're supposed to refer the veterans to community sure. care. If the wait time is too great, if geographically they're too far away. Well, and, and again, that that's, I mean, it should be how they are approaching it. It should be to get you as the veteran, the best care you can possibly get, not try and get you to go to their system versus a a community care center. Right. So VA choice was anything, but the VA mission act was supposed to fix a lot of that. But if, if vets don't know their rights under the, under federal law, and if the VA itself is following internal policies instead of federal law. Uh, how are the veterans ever supposed to know what their rights are under that law? How are they supposed to know that, you know, well, they, it took two months for them to schedule me this appointment. Well, they should have referred you to community care at that point, but they don't. They're, they're even using scripts inside of the community care offices to persuade veterans to keep their appointments with the VA. Um, since, since then, uh, I've had several, uh, several run-ins where getting access to community care was not easy. It, I, I know the law better than probably most veterans in the country because I've worked on it. I helped get it passed. And even with somebody that knows it as well as I do, it's still incredibly difficult to navigate that system and get the care that I've earned, the care that I deserve. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they continue to, even somebody like me that knows the law, right? I, I know, okay, this is too many days. Uh, you've, you've gone beyond the, the window for wait time. This needs to go to community care. The first thing out of their mouth, whether it's true or not, is, 
well, in community care, it's going to take longer for them to get you your appointment anyway. I don't care. Right. I don't want my care done here. I will do anything that I can to liberate any care that I have, any services that I need from that monolithic top-down bureaucratic system. And you want to be able to be the one making that decision, not them. Absolutely. Right. I, I can't think of a single bureaucrat on this planet that can make healthcare decisions better for me than I can. <laughs> yeah, right. I can't either. I can't either. Yeah. Now, by the way, I, I want to take a quick minute. I mean, how, how, are, how how's your health now? I mean, obviously, were they able to remove the, the cancer? Yeah, they removed it. They got clean margins. Um, one of the things that, that goes along with that, though, is every six months I have to have a surveillance CT scan done. Mm-hmm, right. And that surveillance CT scan is to verify that the cancer is gone, hasn't come back. I get that chest x-rays, uh, you know, lab work done. And during uh, the, the way that they responded to COVID, they, they really leaned into it and used it as an excuse to basically do what they wanted. They, they wouldn't see anybody for what they called elective care. And I suppose my, uh, my six-month surveillance CT scans to make sure my cancer is still gone is elective care. Because it, it during uh, 2021, I think, they canceled, uh, the VA canceled nationwide almost 20 million appointments. Yeah. Three of my surveillance CT scans were among those 20 million. Amazing. So it... I went for about 18 months between scans. Whenever I finally got another scan done, found out I've got a new mass on my right kidney now. And this one is in a much worse position. It's deeper inside the kidney. The one on the left side was just kind of hanging off on the outside. So this is going to be a lot more, uh, a lot more tricky surgery for the surgeon. to do. So is that still coming up? Yes. You have to have that surgery. I do. Are you able to have it outside of the VA system? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you went, you went 18 months without having a, a CT scan? Correct. And they wouldn't let you have that at a community center? No. During that time, they, they either canceled or delayed 20 million appointments. They, they didn't refer them to community care, which by federal law, they are supposed to do. Um, but they just let them stack up and, and create a huge backlog. So within this 18 months, you, 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 you since that's what they were looking for, right? Were for additional masses or growths. Right. Very, very likely that if they would have just allowed you to go to a community health center and have it done on time as your care uh, your provider told you you should do, if they would have allowed that, this would have been found before now, probably, right? Yeah, it would have definitely been found sooner. Yeah. Um, fortunately, it's it's not very big. Yeah. Um, and I, I did have a win very recently. Um, when I moved to Colorado, I, I ran into the problem of VA hospitals not being able to communicate with each other across state lines um, or region to region, which makes no sense to me because they're it's all a national. It's a national entity. And, and they're all in the same network. Same, you know, anyway, um, not only not only can they not speak to each other, there didn't seem to be a single person employed by the VA that I spoke to. And I I mean, dozens of phone calls um, that could tell me the the right way to transfer my care from New Mexico to Colorado. I waited. It took five months before I got a primary care appointment. It took, um, I still haven't received my uh, most recent CT scan that I need. Uh, That 
but my urological care, my cancer care, um, I was able to get that transferred to community care mm-hmm. after I finally had a primary care appointment. Now this is continuing care and the VA refused to give me a referral either in the VA system or in the community to have my, uh, my urological care, my cancer care, uh, appointments made and, uh, my next CT scan done. So like I said, I'm still waiting for my next CT scan. Um, and they're behind again on, on this one, but they, they did schedule me with a referral, um, to see a urologist at the VA. And whenever I went in to talk to him, you know, I told him, look, I don't, I don't trust the VA. I don't want them having anything to do with this care. Um, I, it's in my best interest to have this move to, uh, UC health. My aunt at what was just up here a couple of months ago to have the same procedure done. So she, she had a mass removed from one of her kidneys and the doctor that did the surgery, the surgeon, his name is Dr. Kim, Simon Kim, he's a rock star. He told me the, the surgery was going to be an hour and a half, two hours. I get a text saying that the procedure had started and less than an hour had passed. And he called me himself to let me know that she was out of surgery. Mm-hmm. That's the guy I want doing my surgery. Yeah, right. You know, tell me that it's going to take an hour and a half, two hours and you, you do it in half the time. Yeah. And yeah, you sign and, me up. And you want to be in control of that decision. And That's, see, this is, you know, two days ago we did, a sh- we did a show or released a podcast with Russ uh, Durstein about uh, healthcare, and he he kept call, he kept referring to the VA medical system as socialized medicine. Absolutely, and and that's exactly what this is, and that's the problem with social socialized medicine. Yes, is somebody else is in charge of your healthcare? They're making the decisions for you, and above all else, we have to protect that. People get mad when it's an insurance company that's making a decision for them. Mm-hmm. Imagine when it's a bureaucrat somewhere. It's even right. worse, right? Right. Well, it's, it's the same type of bureaucrats, essentially. Yeah. There, there's not a whole lot of difference other than um, you can take that insurance to a whole lot more facilities than I can with my VA care. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so what, what else to your story? What, what other parts of your story have we not heard yet? Oh, it, honestly, it takes me over two hours to tell my whole story. <laughs> and, and this is just my story with yeah. the VA. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, a, it, it's just very, very uh, involved. Yeah. There's, there's so, many, so much to it. It's just really hard to truncate it down to you know, 20, 30 minutes. So you must enjoy the fight of trying to change the system because you're not just fighting for you. You're fighting for other veterans as well. Absolutely. Have, have you met other veterans that have, that have these exact same, maybe not the exact same story, but they've met up with these same barriers? All you have to do is go to Google, type in your local VA uh, facility, go to reviews, click mm-hmm. on lowest, and you'll see hundreds of them. Yeah. Hundreds of veterans that have experienced similar or just terrible in other ways or even worse sometimes. Yeah. Um, how, how has the, was, did the, the, the Mission Act, did it get better after that or not, not much? It got a little better. It got yeah. a little easier to access community care, but unless you know exactly the letter of the law, uh, it's very difficult to get them to relent. And, 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 and most your veterans care. don't. I mean, they no. don't follow this stuff. You do, right? 
Correct. So you know what your rights are. You know what the law says. Absolutely. Generally. Yeah. But most veterans aren't going to be like that. No, because, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that you covered this with Russ, but uh, one of the things that the VA did once the Biden administration uh, came into office, they removed a website from the VA website. Called, it was the, the VA Mission Act website mm -hmm. that told veterans uh, how, to, how to utilize the program. But, I mean, if you didn't know about it, how, re, how would you know to go and look there? Regardless, they, they took that website off and replaced it with one called Choose VA. Another, another instance of them trying to yeah. uh, force veterans or persuade veterans into keeping their care on campus there at the VA. Um, so it's, it's gotten a little better, but only if you know what you're doing, only if you mm -hmm. know what you're talking about. Yeah. But, the, but why are they, so they're trying to force people to stay into this system and they're changing the website and all of that. Um, Russ said that particularly even under the Biden administration, it's gotten worse that they're yeah. because they have a predisposition for wanting government to deliver healthcare rather than the private sector. It's kind of gotten worse, but I mean, in your own words, why is this? Why, why are they doing this? In my opinion, or, you know, to my knowledge, there's yeah. several reasons. Right. Uh, VA employees are union employees. They're a public sector union. They mm -hmm. have one of the, the biggest, strongest, most influential uh, lobby, lobbying arms in D.C. Right. On top of that, they, they tend to get away with a lot, right? Um, the PACT Act, right, is, is a bill that recently yeah. passed. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you saw how many sponsors and co-sponsors were on that legislation. No. They're tripping over themselves on both sides of the aisle to, to line up to get their names on that piece of legislation. Mm -hmm. Whenever we're talking about the, the policy issues that we're, we're supporting, the legislation that we're supporting now, it's a fight to get anyone to sign on, uh, you know, to, to sponsor or co-sponsor GAPS Act mm -hmm. or Veter Veteran Healthcare Freedom Act. And these are, are programs that would, well, one, they would make it much easier and, and much better for the veterans mm -hmm. that, are, that are utilizing the system. Um, it'll also take some of the burden off of the VA. Uh, with the PACT Act passing, you know, there's millions of vets that are going to finally uh, be approved for care you know, due to toxic exposure from burn pits or uh, deplete, burning depleted uranium for mm -hmm. Gulf War vets, cause Gulf War syndrome. Um, they already can't keep up with the, the demand. The only option that I see that they have is to open up community care options to alleviate that pressure on the, on the VA that, I mean, they, prior to the PACT Act passing, they had their largest budget in the history of the VA. And that was with the number of veteran patients that they were seeing declining consistently. Mm -hmm. The only answer is, as far as I can see it, is is to just allow veterans mm -hmm. to to have the decision rights and to navigate their own health care yeah own their own health care yeah 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 and look if you're a bureaucrat uh, for the va and, and i i mean that in the best sense i possibly can a bureaucrat right <laughs> right I, I mean but look this is about a veteran and their health care that's what this is about it's not about your job it's not about va budgets it's not about proving that you were right and they were wrong this should be about veterans' health care and delivering the best health care possible 
to these veterans. When is your, do you have your surgery scheduled? No, actually, uh, this week I go in for consultation to, to schedule that and yeah. see what's going on. With okay. Well, look, I'll be praying for you, Nate, that Appreciate the surgery that. goes well, that, uh, that you'll come out of that, uh, well, and, uh, that you continue. I mean, you're going to have to do this for the rest of your life. You're going to have to always continue to watch this, right? Take a CT scan every few months and right. watch it. Absolutely. Yeah. But with good health care, you can live a normal life. Uh, yes. Right. Very normal. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thanks for coming to tell the story. Thanks for fighting for, for veterans. Absolutely. And, uh, and your continued battle. So thanks. we appreciate it. If I can just take a minute. Yeah. Uh, since we're closing out. Sure. Um, if you know of any veterans that are struggling with their uh, their access to care through the VA, if it, if they're having a hard time with with wait times, if they're not allowed or you know offered community care, if they're waiting months for appointments, uh, send them our way. Send them to cv4a.org. Um, there's 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 information that you can uh, learn about the VA Mission Act about community care. Um, you can click on Take Action. And uh, there you can send, you can send uh, letters to officials like President Biden, VA Secretary, uh, your, both of your senators, your representative for the district that you live in. Um, you, you sign that and we'll take care of the rest. We'll deliver those, those, uh, those letters for you to all of those individuals. You can sign up to volunteer with us, which is what we really need. We need to build the army so that we can take this fight to them and win. Um, and our, our volunteers honestly are the most important part of our team and we take good care of them. So please, uh, if you have CVA staff in your state and you know them, send, send your veterans their way, um, in Colorado, definitely send them my way. There's a lot of work to be done here in this state for sure. Yeah. And I'll make it easy for you. You can go to CV4, the number four, a.org, CV4a.org. If you want to learn more about what they're doing, you can also send me an email, jeff at americanpotential.com, and I will make sure and forward any of these questions. If you've got stories, uh, your own story about uh, VA healthcare that you'd like to get to Nate or to Concerned Veterans for America, send me an email, jeff at americanpotential.com, and I will make sure and get it to them. Thanks for joining us, Nate. I appreciate you being here. Absolutely. Don't don't forget to follow us on social media. Yes. Um, at Concerned Vets on Twitter, Concerned Veterans for America on Facebook. And this guy's good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. you're pretty good. Okay, <laughs> well, we'll close it out there. Uh, th- thank you, Nate, for, for being with us. Thanks for your service to our country. And thanks for fighting this battle, not just for you, but for all veterans. Appreciate absolutely. it. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks for joining American Potential. Thank you for listening to American Potential. You may listen to more stories from Americans working every day to expand freedom and opportunity in their communities by visiting AmericanPotential.com.